Hello and welcome to All Things Smart Home. My name is Rohan Karamandi and with me I have Phil Hawthorne. Hey, Rohan. You may recognize us from such shows as the Home Assistant Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for joining us and let's get started. We're going to start now with episode one of the All Things Smart Home Show. Apologies, this is a live recording. All our episodes here will be live recordings and this one, the recording sort of cut off at the beginning. But here we go. Live from Melbourne, Australia. And Toronto, Canada. This is the All Things Smart Home Show. With Phil Hawthorne and Rohan Paramandi. Anyways, um, thanks everyone for joining us. Um, this is All Things Smart Home. It's uh, a new project by Phil and myself. Uh, so just by way of introduction, I'm Rohan Karamandi. You hopefully listen to us on the Home Assistant Podcast. And if not, uh, great, welcome. And, uh, you know, it'll be neat to see uh, who joins us. So, yeah, uh, we've, we've been talking about this uh, for quite some time, Rohan. So, uh, yeah, finally good to see we've made it, huh? <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's been, uh, Phil and I have had this project that we wanted to do for, I don't know, like two years now, Phil, I think is what we, <laughs> we kind of wanted to do this for, how long we wanted to do this for. Um. So, but yeah, so we're here and, and, you know, thanks everyone for joining again. So essentially the concept of this show, we wanted to do something a little bit different. So the home assistant podcast focuses on, uh, just basically home assistant different, uh, and just talk about, uh, home automation as a whole, rather than just in that ecosystem. So, which is why we, uh, which is why we brought this up. So anyways, um, yeah, so, so uh, I guess, yeah, a bit of introductions about ourselves then. Um, so yeah, my, so I work as a web developer down here in Melbourne, Australia, Rohan's obviously in Toronto, Canada. So time difference right. is a little bit different. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think Rohan and I, uh, found ourselves, uh, through, you know, home assistant, uh, which we'll talk a lot about during, uh, this show. Uh, it's what we both use, but you know, we sort of, we've been, you know, meeting a lot of people doing the home assistant podcast and we know that, you know, home assistant is very, uh, you know, there's only, it's not all, uh, that's out there. And we sort of want to, you know, capture more of the smart home, uh, outside of just the home assistant lens. Uh, and this is why we're here. We're doing, you know, live allows, you know, Rohan and I to, you know, talk about the stuff we usually talk about offline anyway, uh, and share it with the world. Uh, cause we are very insightful people and we think, you know, you deserve to know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, and that's really what the shows are about. And, uh, you know, why don't we, uh, why don't we jump into it, Phil? So, I mean, I guess before we do that, uh, for those of you watching, whether live or after the fact, um, again, time zones are a thing, which Phil and I are very aware of. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, follow us on Twitter, um, and really we'll, we'll try and post every time we go live just to say, Hey, we're going live and here's the URL kind of thing. So at all things SH and, uh, beyond that as well, again, thanks again for joining. I mean, this is really, really, uh, fun for us. So yeah, definitely. All right. So what do we have lined up today? Um, so I think, I guess episode one, I guess, you know, I've given myself a little bit of an intro. Do you want to give yourself a little bit of an intro, Rohan? Sure. I guess we should do that, shouldn't we? Uh, so, yeah. So 
again, Rohan Karamandi. I work for a tech company as a pre-sales engineer. So I do a lot of designs uh, around networks, so on and so forth. Um, so I do I do have a technology background. And as, as I do a lot of home automation, um, a lot of those principles kind of carry forward into, into this world as well. So, which, uh, you know, can be fun. It also starts to get, uh, you start to overthink some things as well sometimes, right? So I think, uh, you know, that's kind of my, my experience with home automation. And I think I've been in it for about, what, I don't know, seven years now or so. So just been, been doing that. Again, been doing it since without realizing it's home automation for, a, for quite a long time starting with like, you know, X10 back in the day with like little remote say, things yeah. and like all of those kind of things, right? So, you know, so, uh, through its yeah, evolution I guess that's, though. That's probably a good, a good place to, you know, also, you know, how did you sort of get started with home automation? What was the first thing you did and, and how's it evolved to where you are today? Uh, the very first thing is probably when I was a kid. Um, and and I don't even know if this counts as automation per se, but it was, yeah. you know, using those like IR extenders and things like that to, yeah, like yeah, if yeah. I'm in the basement to say, hey, you know what? I want whole home audio. So let me turn on the stereo upstairs. Like we had a bunch of things wired, but the problem was we, like the IR wouldn't reach back again, back when remotes used IR. So it would uh, be, you know, you press the button downstairs and the extender takes it up and like converts it to some kind of radio frequency and sends it upwards and, uh, or upstairs, literally, and, yep. and turns on the, the stereo upstairs or whatever, right? So I'd say, again, that's not really automation, but that's, that's very early days uh, kind of, you know, things that we, that we, uh, that I did. And then, you know, beyond that, it was also, again, things like lighting and, you know, even, even to me, automation doesn't have to be smart. It's just, it happens, right? So things like lights on timers mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth. So even those like little like X10 units that uh, you did that. And then eventually when I moved out of my parents' house and uh, bought my own place, then it came down to, uh, okay, well, let's, you know, let's actually build it out. And that's, that's when I started getting into um, pro automation, if you want to call it that, like smart home rather than rather than home automation, right? So, how do you how do you do things with intelligence, and then bringing in things like, hey, what time of day is it? Is it bright out? Is it, you know, and 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 a lot of that came from a need of at the, at the time I was traveling a lot and and I lived alone, so well I don't want my house to get broken into, or you know mm. if there's a if my, if a water main breaks or something like that, you know I I'd love to know, and at least I can like you know call up somebody and be like you know, whether it's parents or whoever and just say, Hey, you know, can you, can you just go deal with it? Right. Like until I get back or what, whatever that is. Right. So how about Do, yourself? Well, oh. well, before you go on, so sure. when you then, you know, progressed from, you know, just the, the basic, you know, X10, you know, timers and stuff. And you yeah. in, was that pre or post smart things? Cause I feel as though smart things really changed the home automation space. Yeah. So that was, that was, that was smart things, right. Mm. For me is when I, when I, uh, I did a bunch of research and clearly didn't research enough or, or maybe, so today I use home assistant for, for those that don't know. And, you know, a lot of that came down to, well, you know what, this, this thing seems to have a big community around it. And yep. a lot of people seem to think it's pretty cool. So let's, let's look at that. Um, turns out that I didn't care to learn, um, what was that language that they use? I forget. Uh, it's it's some offshoot of JavaScript, Groovy. 
Yeah. And, and I didn't, I didn't uh, care enough to learn it. And so basically it just came down to, you know, what can I minimally do in the app or, or what can I do in the app, which was minimal, right. Without having to, having to actually build my own scripts and having to do all of that stuff. Um, and then, which was basically like, okay, well, you know, alert me when the, when the door is open or something like that. And then, and then, yeah, really from that point, I was like, okay, this needs to get a little more evolved. And that's when, uh, that's when home assistant came in and, uh, you know, really started, you know, bringing in that thing. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a good time to talk about it. And, and Phil, I mean, the other day you shared an article with me, um, around, you know, it, it's basically titled the average person doesn't stand a chance around a mm. smart home. Right. And, uh, and, and essentially the article talks about just the fact that, you know, there's all of these different ecosystems, there's all of these different things and realistically, okay, you've got nest, you've got, you know, Ecobee, you've got, you know, whatever you might have some other stuff at, around the house, whether it's Zigbee or Z-Wave or whatever. Um, uh, and then you have like Lutron so on and so forth. Right. So you have all of these different things and you have like 70 different apps on your phone. Well, you know, how, where, where do you go from there? Right. How do you, how do you bring all that stuff together? Um, uh, and, 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 you know, really for that is, you know, it's not where it should be today. Right. And, and that's not, that's not, you know, one ecosystem or the other, it, it's all of the ecosystems, which, which is the bigger problem. Right. Uh, absolutely. I think, you know, having to, and this is what's always frustrated me with, you know, going into a store and, you know, saying anything, you know, oh, smart home section. Right. And you go, all right. That thing doesn't talk to that thing and you know how am i supposed to get that thing over there to turn off when this thing's on right like yeah. there's no interoperability between one manufacturers and two even just like standards right like one yep. thing could be using wi-fi and another thing could be using you know like a 433 megahertz sort of you know frequency yeah. right um so yeah it's absolute like i think the smart home is uh, a little bit uh, gimmicky at this time, and it hasn't been helped by, uh, let's just say, manufacturers wanting to take the easy way out uh, in terms of let's just white label some Wi-Fi chips from China yeah. and offer a smart home alternative for people. I don't think that's necessarily helped things. No, exactly, right? And... and you know, it's, it's funny because when I was reading the article, it also talks about like, you know, there's all these competing standards and so on and so forth, like you said, and then, you know, there's a new one coming out called matter, which is supposed to bring a lot of this together. And, and, you know, folks like Google and Apple and so on and so forth, are all kind of signed up uh, as part of it. Uh, but, but it, it, you know, this kind of stuff always reminds me of the XKCD comic, right? Which is like, you know, situation is that there's 14 competing standards and it's like, that's ridiculous. We need to invent a standard that, yeah. that brings it all together. Now you have 15 competing standards, right? And, you know, to me, to me, this is a perfect case of that, right? It, it it's uh, sadly, it almost needs to come down to, I guess, like back in the day we had, uh, what is it? Blu-ray versus uh, HD DVD HD, or yeah. whatever it was, right? So, and, and you know, Betamax versus VHS kind of like, like yeah. you, you know, that, that almost needs to happen in the, in the smart home world, right? Where everybody kind of says, okay, well, I like this better. And, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the better standard or whatever. Hopefully it is, but, you know, it needs to come down to, okay, well, 
people need a way to get A and B to talk to each other and, and what's that going to be, right? So, And maybe that has been happening uh, for quite some time, but things just move slowly in, you know, the smart home world. I yeah. guess, you know, people are putting devices into their walls and, you know, once they're in, they're there for, you know, many, many years as yeah. opposed to, you know, your VHS and your Betamax players that are, you know, once they're gone in, you know, 12 months, 18 months, oh, yeah, I can replace it easily, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But, but that also that also ends up with now you have, you know, if I buy a house tomorrow or I rent a house tomorrow, I have, like, 14 different standards in there, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that, you know, I've, I've now got to deal with, right? So that, to me, that that's a big part. That's a big issue right there uh, in and of itself. So, but, you know, let, let's talk about you for a second, Phil. How, how did mm. you get into the smart home and, and, you know, how long have you been doing this? Where did you come from? Where did think, you go? Yeah, it's pretty much very much the same story as you, right? Yeah. So I remember I was still living with my parents. So I must have been oh, just, you know, and like still probably in high school or something, right? Um, sure. And I had, no, I must have been out of, I have my own like TV. So I must have been just out of high school, right? Um, right. And that, that's I, how you know when you have your own TV. <laughs> exactly, right? Like I, I had enough money to buy my own TV yeah, that yeah. I wanted to buy, right? <laughs> uh, so I remember I had, you know, against the wall, the TV, and there was these two lights next to it, you know, old school lights that usually, they looked cool when they were on, but I didn't want to have to, go and turn them on and remember to turn them off all the time, right? Like yeah. classic first world problem. Uh, and I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool? I wonder if there's a way to have it so that when my TV turns on, they turn on. And sure enough, I think it must be at that time. Like literally it was just X10 was the way to go. Yeah. Right? So uh, I got two plug-in modules uh, for X10 uh, and an IR controller. And I had a Harmony remote. So essentially what you would do, you would, you know, you could start the watch TV activity. Uh, the Harmony remote was so uh, old school that like it didn't have a touch screen or anything. Yeah, it was yeah. one of those like you had the, the, like, the clunky ones. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you would type, you know, this little pixelated screen would be like watch television or something, right? Like a little a popcorn or a TV, like a little TV icon. Yeah. So you'd press that and you'd have to hold the remote at the TV and if you yeah. moved it while it was in the middle of doing its sequence it's of not things, doing it. yeah. you then had to press the help button and go through a series of 50 questions of what's the state of everything, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and that's it. So it would send a command, the two lights would turn on. Uh, do you remember the X10, you had those little dials to choose like which home code? Yeah. Yeah. Were? Yeah. Like, like what, yeah. what channel you want to be on or whatever. Yeah, right. Exactly yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, I had that. Uh, and then I was like, cool. That's nice and all. Now, how do I get it to, you know, be on so I can do it from the computer? Because obviously I'm sure. tech focused. I was like, all right, let's let's do it. Let's make it, you know, uh, uh, without needing the IR blaster. And uh, there was an X10 like uh, module that you could buy, but at that point I think it was it didn't use USB. It was like a the old COM port, and I was like, ooh. I've got a laptop. I don't have that COM port anymore. That seems to be going out. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm just going to avoid that. And then sure enough, uh, sort of, uh, you know, life goes on. I left it for a while. And then when I came back, uh, Z-Wave was the rage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I eventually moved into my own apartment and I was like, that's it. Uh, Philips Hue had come out. Z-Wave was the, the thing to do. 
uh, yeah, and since then I've been Zigbee, Z-Wave, a little bit of uh, Wi-Fi stuff. I've tried to stay away from Wi-Fi. I have my own opinions on that, uh, which we'll, yep. you know, I'm sure we'll get into eventually. Uh, but yeah, so now I'm a, a 50-50 Z-Wave, Zigbee sort of thing. Interesting. Okay. I, I, I started down that road too, where, you know, for me, it was also, it was actually Z, uh, Z wave that I, that I started on Z wave, Z wave, yep. you know, whatever Americanized or not. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was interesting for me. I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. Cause all my door sensors and stuff for that. And I had read enough about the fact that, you know, Z wave was a proprietary standard, but because of that, there's also a lot more security into it. There's also a lot more consistency. And I was like, Okay, I I do I'm I'm typically somebody that believes in more like openness and 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 that kind of stuff. But I was like, yeah. okay, this this sounds like there's a reason and and you know there's something compelling. And uh, my sorry, my door sensors and stuff were all uh, Zigbee. My lights were all Z-Wave. And what had happened is all of my uh, light switches. So I for me I I don't do smart like light bulbs. I'll do smart switches instead. And uh, it's just a lot more user friendly, I find. But uh, when I did that, when I had those, you know, slowly one by one, about a year or year and a half in, they just started popping, right? Oh, like, really? so one would just stop working. The other one, um, this one here, actually, the one above my head would start like, uh, it'd start flickering a little bit. And then you'd hear like the the electrical like hum coming mm, from the light switch. And I was like, yeah, mm, okay, this is doesn't. When does the fire start, basically? seem safe so 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 to me it was like okay you know whether it's uh whether it's uh whether it's a matter of the actual product or the protocol or whatever it doesn't matter it, it, it's whoever builds it and then the quality of that matters right um uh, so so i ripped that stuff out and all of that stuff was still running on my smart things hub which was connected into into home assistant and and being brought in that way and being more intelligent that way Right. So as, as, uh, you know, as that came in, I, I was kind of like, okay, let's, let's figure this out and, and, you know, get rid of that stuff. And, and eventually I moved to Lutron, uh, which I'm fairly happy with, but, but yeah, no, same, same thing, right. Like for me, but now I'm, I'm actually a hundred percent Zigbee and, and obviously Lutron for my lights, but mm. you know, where, wherever I can, I do try and go Zigbee and, and, you know, I've been pretty happy with it. I know a lot of people do have issues with it because again, because it's an open standard, it's also open to interpretation, right? Yeah, is yeah. especially working in, 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 in my case, in the networking world, you, you learn that very fast. It's somebody's interpretation of protocol, whatever a is, you know, and somebody else's interpretation of that exact same protocol are very, very different. Absolutely. Right. And, uh, which is why you get inconsistencies and stuff. So it's trade off, but. Well, it's interesting. So, uh, I, as a 50 50 you know zigbee z-wave and i thought uh I've, i literally just moved into a house uh, last month uh so this is my first you know yeah non-rented house so i've been able to uh you know, thank you thank you i've been able to uh you know drill into things you know actually put up hooks in the wall and, and not have to worry about having to take them down in 12 18 months and, and patch where i've been drilling but uh just on this weekend i um i've been drilling holes into my doors to do recessed uh door sensors and one thing I found, and I was, because I've been, you know, tossing up, you know, Z-Wave is much more expensive uh, because you've got licensing issues and all that. So, yeah. you know, to buy a Z-Wave, you know, door sensor, uh, you're looking, you know, probably 
double the cost or triple the cost of what yeah. the equivalent Zigbee sensor would be, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you've got, you know, 10 or so doors in your house, that adds up very quickly. So uh, I was considering, you know, that's it. Maybe I'll start migrating away from Z-Wave just for a cost basis. It'll be much cheaper. I can, you know, instead of, you know, automating just four doors, I can do all eight doors or something like that. Uh, but I found that, you know, as much of the, uh, or as much manufacturers there are doing Zigbee, yeah. No one was making a recessed door sensor like AEOTech. <laughs> yeah, AEOTech has, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I got. I got a, a whole bunch of uh, Z-Wave recessed door sensors. Uh, yeah. They are drilled into my doors right now and uh, they're working great. I got a, a Yale smart lock. I put a Z-Wave module into that. I like though yeah. the smart locks because if I want to change the Zigbee later, I can just rip out the, the networking module yeah. and, and chuck in a Zigbee one or a, yeah. Wi-Fi, or a HomeKit one I think they've got. Yeah. Uh, so I like that, but the next thing I think the big change is going to be uh, light switches. And yeah. the one thing, yeah, the one thing that's really holding me back against Zigbee is just one: will it work with my controller? Is yeah. it going to work with Home Assistant? Is it not going to work with Home Assistant? Are they going to be repeating like they should be? Like anything powered by Zigbee should generally act as a repeater. Yep. But it also depends on the controller. If it can, uh, for, I've got experience, you know, uh, of things that should be routers not being routers because of the yeah. controller I was using. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, for me, I like that Z-Wave just generally works. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, it's it's a bit of a trade-off, right? So Phil, in your case, it's like uh, you you like the consistency, you like the reliability. For me, it, it's more of well, it's honestly just cheaper, <laughs> so I can, I can I I I can stretch my dollar, right? So I can do a lot yeah. more with with what I want to do. But but again, and then you know, on the other side of things, there's there's Wi-Fi as well, right? Um, and uh, you know, at at that point, from from a Wi-Fi perspective, it, it, you now start to get to okay, well, how many devices can my network handle, right? And then yes. you start doing a lot of those things, and and you know, a lot of these devices technically don't use that much um bandwidth and stuff mm. but you know it does add up though right and and even when you're talking about like radio like from a, from a radio frequency perspective there's a lot of noise that each device adds and you're starting to build that floor and don't get me wrong zigbee and z-wave have the exact same problem as well but it's it's a lot less um because typically zigbee z-wave devices aren't cloud connected or they're not directly connected to the cloud even though the mm. controller might be depending on what you use um but wi-fi a lot of them do have straight up cloud connections and and you know with that now you're hey you're you're you're, you're using your bandwidth which fine i mean today it's, is it as big of a deal um depending on where in the world you are it is it can be um like i know for me in canada right now it's not as big of a deal i'm not capped or anything like that depending on your internet plans right but but sometimes, you know, I was seeing the other day somebody on uh, in one of the home assistant uh, Facebook groups was uh, like, hey, I've noticed this, you know, one, I don't know, wh whatever device is using like, you know, use like 300 gigs of data. And I was like, what? all right. Like, and, and I think I think it was like somebody's like Amazon Echoes or Google Homes or something like that. Right. Yeah. And it's like. Okay, that, that's a, that's a problem, right? Um, and 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 I don't know if it was just miscategorizing, like you know, their router or whatever mis, mis, was miscategorizing their like Amazon Prime traffic or something mm -hmm. like that. Maybe I don't know, but you know, it, it, th there is a possibility for that, though, right? 
I think so. it also comes down to the price, right? Like when something's being sold really cheap and it connects to Wi-Fi and I don't know, I get a bit suspicious on what, why is it so cheap, right? Sure. Uh, even like to the point, you know, we've, we've all seen the scare campaigns around uh, Google Home and Amazon Echo. You know, they are so cheap because Amazon wants to spy on you in your home. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, yeah, it just, yeah, I, I feel as though Wi-Fi has that little creep factor for me in that it can see other devices on my network. It can see the traffic if it wanted to be a bit, you know, nasty on there and do yeah. something. Yep. It's also another uh, entry point for a malicious actor, I guess, if you know. Yeah. How many cameras? I, I think there's a, a website you can go out to right now and look at everyone that's got the default username and password set on their camera still yeah. and look at people in their bathrooms or, you know, out in their uh, carport or something, right? Like, yeah, it's totally creepy. Yeah, but, and, and you know, for me, that's one of those things, just like, again, basic security principles. This is Ryan's PSA, right? <laughs> <laughs> um change your passwords and and don't use the same passwords on wherever you can like try and try and, and and if you're going to at least make it fairly complex it's not like you're logging into your you know cameras administrator interface every day or something like that mm. um so just something as simple as that can help right so so yeah i guess uh, getting back to that article that i shared uh from TechCrunch, you know like the average person you know won't be able to do the smart home in its current state. And that's why, you know, matters coming out. I think it also boils down to, you know, they, they allude to in the article that are oh, so many Wi-Fi devices, right? It's hard to buy a product now without Wi-Fi option being available to you. You know, all your dishwashers, your fridges, ovens, they're all got like Wi-Fi in them now. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, Wi-Fi says one, uh, I'm probably going to be tied into a manufacturer specific ecosystem. So if the manufacturer goes out of business, then I may not have access to control my oven through an app on my phone anymore. Yeah. Uh, I also may not have an API access. So, you know, I can't get you know, things like my home automation controller to talk to those ovens unless, you know, uh, they're paying big bucks between the two companies. Uh, and I think, it also says to me that, you know, what if, uh, like my, I need to keep my phone updated to keep like the app available, right? Like, otherwise I need to, you know, have the latest running Android version. Otherwise I can't run that app of like, the phone. Uh, yeah, there's just so many, I, I've, I think like Wi-Fi isn't the solution and we, we do need a new protocol. And I think that's probably why matter has had to come around. Yeah, yeah, but but again, to my to my earlier point, it just adds one more layer to yeah, the problem, it right? Absolutely and, does, right? Uh, any device you buy today, unless I think it's got Zigbee, it can't be upgraded over the air easily. Like I know one of the selling points of Matter is, you know, oh, devices you have today can be upgraded. I, I'd really like to see, yeah, how many of those devices that are out there today can actually do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and you know, it's funny. We just had a comment from uh, from Donald on YouTube, yeah, uh, saying, you know, I can't tell you why, but I mentally avoid uh, I mentally avoid getting Wi-Fi for my devices, like lights and door sensors, yeah, right? I started absolutely. with Zigbee, and I like it so far. It, totally agreed, Donald. Uh, you know, it's it's, you know, I think for for me, I have that exact mentality where it's like if I can not have it on Wi-Fi, I I won't. Um, 
and and you know there's part two to that comment as well right with uh you know in terms of ligby's uh, zigby is less management and such yep. right and and again completely agreed it's 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 a bit more of a pain when you have to like when you like it's not just you know plug and play you use your phone and so on and so forth it can be right i mean in my case now today with the state of how where home assistant is and and how i've already got it set up it is right i just go yeah add device and it finds it and i'm like hey this is my you know i got i got some new uh smart switches so i'm like hey here's yep. a new smart switch off you go right and but at the same time it's and it's up and running in like 10 seconds i don't need to worry about you know i don't need to worry about uh firmware updates on it and stuff i i, I do but at least i can get started before i before i worry about that right uh, so and you know, Math Matheson had a good comment here too, right? It's it's uh and and again, and I think Matheson and I have had this conversation before and and uh so saying like, you know, I've I've a ton of Wemo devices and they're just so unreliable. That is exactly the reason I got these Zigbee smart switches, is I I do not like I'm I'm I've got here, I can pull it up. I've got my stash of <laughs> Wemo uh, stuff here that I've that I've ripped out. And you can see a variety of different generations there too. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, and, you know, and, and, you know, again, Madison, you know, the next part of that comment was also like, I'm afraid the API is going to disappear. Yeah. Didn't right? they threaten at one point to get rid of the API? Or... Honestly, I don't, I don't really, I, I've, I've given up track. on, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, and, and, you know, it, for, for those that listen to the home assistant podcast, it's, it's Phil and I also do this like, you know, segment when, when people destroy stuff, stuff on the cloud, right? Like yeah. when Logitech just bricked, you know, a couple oh, hundred yeah. thousand devices, devices yeah. or whatever. Thank so, you, you know, it, it's, it's, you're at, you're susceptible to that. Right. So for me, it's a, you know, I want to buy it once and I'd love to not buy it again. Um, unfortunately for my, for my Wemo devices, I had that experience where, again, you know what? They did work, um, but they were just really, really annoying about it, right? Mm. Um, and and the stability was an issue. And then they were starting to move to where before it was locally controlled. So it didn't have to go up to the internet to go do whatever. So even if my internet is out, uh, my home assistant in instance, which is locally hosted on my house, in, in my house, can just go in and say, hey, go talk to, you know, whatever Wemo at like, one nine two one six eight whatever whatever the IP address was, go in and turn it on, turn it off. Well, that's also moved. It, it does still work, but as you as you start to progress things, uh, you know the direction they want you to go, it starts to get up to the cloud. And and a you have a delay, but b you're also reliant on your internet working right, which in my case wasn't a huge issue. My my internet here is surprisingly reliable, I guess a little bit, but you know in this case it's it's. Just, I don't know, I just had a ton of performance issues too, where a lot of them just randomly just didn't show up. And I also uh, think it comes down to the number of devices. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, if you think of like the average user, like you've got your, your router that the ISP has supplied you with, which is generally the cheapest they can sell you for the most money, right? Yeah. Uh, and once you get over, you know, 20 devices on your network, when that's when you're going to start seeing issues with performance of your Wi-Fi and I, I was in the same boat, right? Like I was running this little, uh, you know, uh, I think it was a, a Netgear or a SUS router. I was fine. Um, just from the ISP. Yeah. And I added a couple of, I eventually, you know, 
overly had a few Wi-Fi devices at this point and things would just stop working. Like my internet would literally stop uh, wow. because yeah. things like there was just too many connections to that router over Wi-Fi that the router just said, no, nah, it, nah, it can't done. handle it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and again, and that's assuming you were, I mean, Phil, Phil and I just, you know, in the few years of us doing a podcast together, I've, I've come to learn that Phil's internet is usually pretty garbage. Uh, or at, le at least at his old place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, but you know, with that said, and, you know, Phil is probably, you know, in the top couple of percent at least probably of, of internet users who have actually somewhat reliable internet right like you look at it, i mean i mean he, even here in canada there's a lot of more remote places where you do have yep. to use things like vsat or you have to use different technologies that are not really ideal you don't have a cable coming into your house sometimes yep right you, you got some crappy satellite link or something like that right and you know off you go now i mean there's newer like you know elon's got like starlink, starlink coming up and yeah. all of that stuff but Again, and, and even that is still, isn't Starlink technically still in beta? I think it is. I think it is, yeah. You've got to agree to a whole bunch of stuff. And, all that. And, and and in all honesty, it's not it's not inexpensive. It is quite expensive, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yep. So, and that there itself is a barrier for a lot of folks, right? Absolutely, so yeah. It's, it's, that, that's the other side of this is, you know, from a social aspect, it's smart, having smart automation or smart home and, and and home automation is very uh expensive <laughs> it's it's yeah. definitely it's definitely a hobby that's like you know that that is not cheap and and you know you've you've got to be you've got to have money to throw at it essentially right because stuff is expensive like i, I mean even you look at a cheap switch cheap smart switch is what 20 bucks the wi-fi ones at like costco mm. like you know, sometimes you can get them on sale for like 10 bucks, whatever. Okay. That's kind of reasonable, but 20, 25 bucks on average, you're looking at 50 to 60, right. For, for anything, if it has the word smart in front of it, right. Off you go. But yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? Like, yeah, I, um, there's just one thing I just don't like about like seeing my final boxes. I just don't know, you know, am I going to have local control of that device or, am I going to have to do a round robin to do an action of my device? Like an example, I, um, I purchased what's called the brunt blind engine. Uh, right. it's like a little motor that, uh, attaches to the cords of your blinds and it allows you to open and close your blinds uh, automatically. Yeah. Right. And I can, uh, I also have, I recently installed Adblock on my network just to, uh, try and block some of the, uh, ads coming on my TV, which yeah. unfortunately didn't work. <laughs> And, um, and I could actually see the data that it was sending. It was pinging uh, its servers, uh, back home, like the most, like forget yeah. the Amazon echo, forget the Google home, whatever these things are doing, they are just communicating phone home all the time. And yeah, once again, I had, uh, there was a period Rohan, you remember where I had no internet for like a week or something, yep. uh, because my neighbor decided to cut my cable in the wall or something. Yeah. So, uh, at that time, because they were, uh, Wi-Fi and they required the cloud, even though I could connect locally and I could watch Plex on my local network, mm -hmm. I could access home assistant. I could turn my Zigbee Z-Wave devices on and off locally. As soon as I tried to control these blinds no 
know, the, the communicate with the app needs to go out to its server in China and then China needs to tell my blinds in Australia to open. Yeah. Yeah. And, not, not the most yeah. ideal. <laughs> and yeah. And, and whenever you see anything like I go to the hardware store and I'll see, oh yeah, like Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. I know behind them it's Tuya and Tuya is generally a cloud-based application. Right. And, and, and there, there are a lot of, you know, local control hacks and so on and so forth. Um, I know Tuya was working on some stuff. Uh, I mean, with the home assistant yep. crew, um, to try and make it more local so that I didn't need to do that because essentially what was happening was whether, whether it's, you know, no matter what platform you're using, a lot of people did flash those Tuya devices, um, with custom firmware so that they didn't go all that way. The bigger yep. problem is, and, and, and you could buy them pre-flashed and so on. Right. But the bigger problem is again, that costs money. Um, if you're, if you're buying it pre-flashed or whatever, yep. or it's, uh, it's very technically intensive. Like, like you need to know what you're doing, right. It's not, not always. And, 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 you know, standard cautions apply here, right? Like if there's something that gets botched or something like that, you, you don't know how this is going to react. Right. Um, but you know, my, my, my bigger thing with Wi-Fi is that it's a great, uh, like wi- Wi-Fi smart devices is it's a great, you know, place of attack for a lot of, you know, bad actors, right. Mm. Where they start taking over cameras and stuff like this and, and great. Guess what? You know what? Well, I want to put an attack against, um, I don't know, whoever, right. Like, great. I, you know, I want to, I want to take down YouTube, right. Let me try and attack YouTube, whatever. Right. And, and so, you know, that, that's, do you really want your devices to be used in that way and so on and so forth? But the other thing is too, if they can do that, they can also, from there, it's also a jumping off point into your, into your network, right? And, and unless you're, you know, network security principles and things like that, it, it's a hard, uh, it, it's, it's a hard user, thing to do. Yeah. yeah. The average user is not going to have VLAN set up and isolated, you know, totally, and all that, right? totally. Right. Like, and, and, you know, I look at it as, you know, my mom and dad, they, they definitely aren't going to have that set up. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I do a lot of stuff for their, for their network. So fine. I do have those, those, those yep. pieces set up, but even then my dad goes in and he goes to, you know, wherever buys the next, you know, cheap smart switch, whatever plugs it in. And he's just like, all right, well, you know what, this is the, this is the wireless, uh, you know, SSID that I use. So I'm just going to throw it on there and, and off I go. And then now it's on the same network as everything else. And, and, and off you go. Right. So, so, but, but that's all it takes. And, and, you know, in this case, I don't, I don't blame them. Right. It It's, it's what's easiest. Right. It's, and so, you know, to me that, that is the, that is the issue. And, and, you know, when you have something with a hub or with a different, different protocol that uses again, Zigbee, Z-Wave, you know, even, even when you get into like the really proprietary ones like Lutron and so on and so forth, it's the same kind of thing there. Right. So. What do you think it would take for the average user to be able to buy something off the shelf and have a smart home capability? Not, no, and I guess not smart home is in you know, app controlled, but an automation based thing like. That, that the end, the average user without a computer programming degree could do. I think it comes down to something like devices that they would already have at home. Um, and, and actually Apple has done, I think a fairly good job at this with, with home kit. Unfortunately yeah. you have to be on the Apple ecosystem, which is, 
you know, fairly yeah. proprietary in, in yeah. and of itself, right? Great. Uh, when you I have guess... your iPhone and Mac and Apple TV and so on and so forth, well, great. Your Apple TV can act as a smart home hub, oh. yep. right? With For HomeKit and, and start throwing a bunch of stuff on there, right? And, and you know, the premise of your question, Phil, here is, you know, and, and somebody, again, when you say an average user, I'm taking my parents into yep. a, a, as that, right? as you know they're not they don't have a technical background they're not you know programmers or developers or yep. anything technical right and how does that you know how does that translate right so for that you know to me it has to be something something that easy and 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 even amazon echoes and and google homes and i know they do have some capabilities in there but but they're not really um i don't know refined i guess is, is it yeah, what i'm looking yeah, for maybe yeah. like it's it's still fairly you know basic, right? HomeKit's getting better, uh, but it's not to me. It's not uh, it's not it's still not where I would want where I would feel comfortable. You know, whether it's my parents, my wife, whoever, to be like, here, take you know, where I can hand them a smart device and say, okay, go operate it and make an make an automation that does this, 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 mm. right? So. I think home. You got to remember when HomeKit started. Apple was, you know, okay, if you want your device to be on HomeKit, you need to have a chip from us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they were sort of going like the absolute extreme Z-Wave sort of, you know, you have to use our hardware, you have to use our, we have to certify it and all that. Uh, and of course, no one was willing to pay the Apple yeah. tax, uh, yeah. the tax, the, the, well, the, the, the main, this, and fee, this is on the manufacturer's right? side, right? So it's not, yeah, it's not yeah. even the end user paying the Apple tax. It's, it's. You know, somebody like, uh, I mean, we talked about Wemo earlier, somebody yep. like Wemo having to go pay them to do that. Which, of course, would be passed on to the consumers anyway, right? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, and then, no, of course, no manufacturer was like, well, hang on, we've already got Zigbee, we've got yeah. Z-Wave, we'll just go with that protocol, right? And I think... Uh, or Wi-Fi. Apple, yeah, yeah. Cheap absolutely. and cheerful. Yep. Uh, and so Apple sort of did a, a 360 on that, and now we have HomeKit, we already say, like, now you can... Uh, you can put your existing devices, I think they, if they're Wi-Fi connected, you can put them into yep. a, a HomeKit standard and yep. away you go. And that has really uh, transformed things. And I like that uh, because Apple has the, uh, I guess, the the power behind it to enforce change. You know, they you know, yep. really brought out USB-C, uh, you know, yeah. uh, really pushed forward with a lot of their technology. Yeah. HomeKit has also done that in terms of local control. Uh, so yeah. a lot of, you know, if you want, like, for example, uh, when I moved in, I mentioned I had a, a garage door that was MyQ compatible. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, I was looking at that and that looks rubbish, right? That's once again, that's a Wi-Fi <laughs> hub that is cloud dependent, right? Yeah. I don't want, uh, I don't want that basically. Yeah. And from what I hear all the time on the, on Reddit and just anecdotally from you, Rohan, yeah. when <laughs> MyQ decides to have an outage. You can't open yeah. your garage door from your phone or from whatever controller you're using, your home assistant or whatever. Not ideal yeah. at all, right? So no. you there is a, like you can actually get a, a HomeKit version, I believe. Mm -hmm. And if you use HomeKit, that enables local control because yeah. of the HomeKit standard. So yeah. that's pretty cool that you could use HomeKit as a, a local control bridge for some devices. Yeah, so that's actually what I ended up with doing with a couple of my Wemo devices is having them on on HomeKit and you know brought them in that way and then said, "Okay, at least it's local now and then and then my my uh home assistant instance can go talk to it via that." Yep. But, yep. 
that's so kludgy. Like I, I, I don't want to have to I do know. that. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, and, 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 and again, I, 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 I rarely say this, but, and I am an Apple user pretty much through and through, but you know, I, I don't like the fact that I am, but, but they make life so easy. Right. And, and, you know, credit to Apple for turning around and saying, Hey, you know what folks, if you want to, if you want to do this, guess what? You're going to have to be local and that is the home kit standard. Yeah. And, yep. And not give another option away. Right. Like, yeah. 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 And, and because I, even from Apple's perspective, they don't want to have to go manage all of these different connections to different mm-hmm. people's clouds. I mean, I, I, I can start my own smart whatever device and say, okay, well, you know what? Here, I'm going to take this and go ahead, Apple, build around my ecosystem, right? Apple doesn't care to do that. So, so it it, it is a blocker, right? But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's very interesting. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, and 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 I know a lot of lot of other even from a networking perspective. I'm taking it back to security for a second. I know there's a lot of companies looking to make it easier, right? Um, I mean, there's there's like uh, Ubiquity as is, is, is one of the bigger ones, right? And and you know, James and James kind of talked about it here. Is like Unified takes my paycheck, right? Uh, but <laughs> but that's 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 it's true, right? And 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 now now you're back into the trade off of. You know, and and I, and I would say that that's kind of like prosumery level of of devices, which means it's expensive, right? So you're kind of back into that same thing. So, to me, I don't know. Like I, I still, I still believe that, you know, as as much as it is a technical hurdle, if we can make, you know, Zigbee and Z-Wave and you know all of those technologies a little more, I don't want to say user friendly, but user friendly. <laughs> Yep. Uh, yep. then, then I think, I think we might be in some level of, you know, some place where this can actually work to be adopted by the masses essentially. Right. And, and hopefully matter is that, and hopefully matter becomes the, you know, the VHS or the, or the Blu-ray of, you know, the, the home automation standard, right. Where it ends up being the top standard and, and beating out the rest of the stuff. So, but Again, does that mean I want to rip out my stuff and and and, and or I mean, Phil, in your case, Z-Wave because that that's proprietary, so they're probably not gonna, you know, try a merge or there might not no, be some reverse well, compatibility there. So exactly Zigbee right. will be, I think, but or well, at least has I some guess, hope. I, I don't know. Like uh, the problem I have with Zigbee is I just I don't trust it. Uh, yeah, in terms of the manufacturers behind it. So an example, right? Um, I am in the new house. I'm looking to put motors in my blinds to yeah. control them. Uh, now I looked at, it gets really complicated, right? Like I'm yeah. trying to not be, I don't have to replace the whole blind. So I thought that's fine. I'll look at getting a little motor to put in the, the tube, right? Yeah. Uh, and I found uh, a Z-Wave one. It was like $300 per uh, blind. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got to run electricity up there. And I'm like, uh, oh, seems too complicated. It's uh, the worst. Right. Yeah. It's the worst. Uh, so I was like, all right, let's go battery operated. Okay, Ikea. They use Zigbee. Uh, they've got their blinds pretty well supported. No, they only have a certain width of a blind. If your blind's yep. too long, then you're out of luck. So, yeah, too bad. Yeah. Yep, too bad, too sad. Uh, so then I was like, okay, cool. Uh, what else is there? It's totally is another option. A whole bunch of Wi-Fi options, right? Uh, yeah. But I like uh, Wi-Fi. 
And then I found a Zigbee one, and it's actually reasonably priced. Uh, but then I'm looking, I watched a video from The Hookup on all the automated blinds, and yeah. he was saying, do not do Zigbee, <laughs> because there is a pretty good chance that when you hook it up to your uh, controller, yeah, it's just not going to be recognized, right? And I'm looking at it, it's like this random brand on Amazon I've never heard of. I've Googled away. Uh, I've tried to look it up on the Home Assistant forums. I can't see anyone else using it. I don't have confidence that... If I was to spend that money, it would show up in Home Assistant as a blind. Yeah, yeah, and and you know that that that's where it starts to get a little bit, uh, you know, again because it's a it's an open standard and anybody can build whatever they want against it, so on and so forth. Right? That's the that's the piece there. But again, I haven't read too too deep into matter. Hopefully, they solve that uh, that problem somehow um, by you know forcing for not, not forcing people to adhere to standards, but essentially, and, and again, I don't know how you would do that without making yourself proprietary. Yeah. Right. But, uh, but at least saying like, Hey, you know what this is, if you, if you are this standard, these are the only commands you're going to support in. And, and obviously there, there can be version updates to that and stuff like that. Right. Just like, again, Zigbee and Z-Wave and stuff do, but which Z Zigbee kind of has that today, but it's just, it's clearly not working. Right. Yep. And, yep, and, absolutely. and it's the, it's the, Oh well, this is how I think it works. So I'm gonna I'm gonna build it this way, right? So I, I wonder if there will be some kind of like matter. Like I know I know there's a standard body for matter, just like there is for Zigbee. But you know, is there some certification consortium or something like mm. that, right? Similar. I mean, you look at like HDMI is technically uh, a certification, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, for you to have that logo on there, you have to pay you know, somebody, wh whatever, to, whoever yeah. that is to, to certify HDMI stuff. And, and the trade-off is, you know, it's certified against a specific standard that meets that device. Right. And then, and then, you know, if you buy something else that's not specifically certified, then it's like, okay, your, your results may vary. Right. So that, that's kind of the piece there, but I, I, I don't know if they would do something like that. So. So I think there's like two fronts that need to be attacked. Like there's the, you know, the protocol and the connectivity between devices. And I think the next front that needs to be attacked is the, like the usability in terms of, you know, uh, how the average person can create automations and stuff. Uh, I think smart things was a big leap forward in that. And I think it got a lot of people into the smart home because it was the first consumer grade affordable device that was yeah. also powerful enough that you know people could do some advanced automations in a simple way that the average person could do it uh yeah. but they also had that layer underneath you know when you wanted to do some advanced stuff you had that groovy language that you could use yeah uh i think you know smart things was the first one to do that i think we sort of need that again maybe even like as much as i i hate to admit like an, an ift sort of interface yeah. uh for you know like the smart home right uh as a, a device to to do against yeah yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there's hope yet. Let's see. And, and, you know, I know, I know Google and Amazon and stuff are looking at integrating matter as well. And, yep. you know, if, if that's the case, then great. Give me a, give me a nice, simple UI doing exactly what smart things did for, you know, whatever Zigbee, Z-Wave, Wi-Fi, all of those hmm. things back then. Right. Bring that in and, and let's, let's, you know, have an easy, simple, I don't know, nice standard, right? That yeah. that works. But 
you know, I, I, if, if Amazon and Google home, like I, I know, I know their UIs and stuff on their apps have come a long way, but I don't know. I, I'm still not a fan of using those. Like I, I just, like I genuinely, as, as someone who's technical and may, maybe this just, this is just a statement about me, but I'm going through it and I'm like, I, I don't know where this thing is. Let me look here. Let me look there. Blah, 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 blah. That, that can't happen because as someone who's interested in this stuff, I lose patience. Yep. Right. So. I think, uh, yeah, I know the article alluded that that TechCrunch article alluded that a lot of people were using, you know, the Amazon Echo and the Google Homes as their their smart home hub and where everything goes to. But well, you've got your automation layer, like your routines in, I think it's in the Amazon Echo app. Uh, it's still a cloud-based thing, right? Like if your internet goes yeah. down, those routines aren't running. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think people, we just need a, a device or a system out there that's accessible and can be run locally that allows people to go, oh yeah, essentially I should be able to go over to your house or home. And over dinner you're saying, oh, and in blah, 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 it might be home assistant, it might be, you know, whatever devices out there, I set up this. And people should know what that means, right? Yeah. Because in your home, you've got one and you've done the same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not, it, 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 you know, as, as cool as it is to say that, oh yeah, when, you know, the lights turn on at this much before sunset and stuff like yep. that, like, as cool as that is, you know, for, for you to have something and, and I guess in my case for me to have this and, and, you know, that maybe a visitor in my house doesn't, and they're like, Whoa, this is neat. It'd be even cooler if everybody else had it too. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's to me, to me, it's open it up to the masses and, and, but, but right now it's not, it's not there. And, and you and I've talked about this a thousand times on the podcast too, just about, you know, from a specific, from a home assistant perspective, yep. but I'm, I'm taking a bigger lens and just saying, things with like smart, not the brand smart things, but smart, you know, smart home yep. stuff, whatever stuff, you want to call yeah. it. Right. Like, yep. so, but who knows? Well, hopefully again, there's, there's hope yet, but let's see. So uh, I guess what we've rattled on about the, the smart home stuff for quite some time, uh, probably a good point to wrap it up, but I guess where do we want to go with this show? Um, I guess we're going to try and keep it to a monthly, uh release schedule for the moment um, yeah we obviously this video will be on youtube so you can catch up uh and we'll have all the episodes up on our youtube channel uh please like share subscribe you know the usual stuff thumbs up if you can really helps us i know this is our first episode so not expecting hundreds of viewers today uh but yeah we're gonna try and grow this we just Rahan and i really love the smart home stuff we don't want to take away from the home assistant side of things at all uh we're we want to keep that still chugging along. Uh, this is, you know, just allow us to do something a little bit different. Uh, we're also open to uh, any comments, feedback, if you've got suggestions on what you'd like to see us cover in the show or how you'd like to see this show run. You know, we're very early days. We'd be, you know, we want to make this a, a community show as well uh, and how we can, you know, sort of bring light to things and, and help out. I know I've got a a whole bunch of projects I want to do around my new house. So maybe we can do some live streams against, uh, yeah. And Ryan, you can ping me on my decisions on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, absolutely. Right. Like, uh, I think, yeah, totally. And, and, you know, give us your ideas of stuff you want to hear us ramble on about too. Right. <laughs> um, and, and again, Twitter at all things yep. SH. Um, and you know, if you prefer email still, maybe you don't have social media, whatever. Yep, um, that's feedback fine. at all things smart home dot show. 
We'll get a uh, website up soon. It's been on my plate for a while. I'm sorry. It's coming. Uh, we'll also get a podcast up. So if you want to, don't want to watch all the time and you want to maybe listen to the show in the car, we can have a, uh, we'll have a podcast version as well coming out soon as too. Yeah, exactly. And and hopefully all things work well. This is the first time Phil and I have done, you know, a live thing on Twitch yeah. and YouTube. Uh, you know, it was, it was interesting. I actually noticed a while ago, uh, Matheson mentioned that, uh, Twitch had a lot less delay than YouTube, so, you know. Well, yeah, well, I said when we first started, I'm like, I don't think we're live on YouTube. I can't see the video on YouTube at all, but there it was. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I guess a little bit of a, a, little bit of a slow uh, start there, but hopefully everything recorded. And, and again, yeah. we don't know if it didn't, our bad. Um, yeah. yeah, that's it. Cool. That's episode Perfect. one. Thank you that's very much. It.